Hey guys, in this episode, I talked about um, just uh, some surprise gigs that I had, some surprise people at those gigs. Um, talked about the season being here and uh, leading to people being here, leading to how awful of how awful the people who can't drive are. Um, uh, old, how old people should have to take a driver's test after they get to a certain age again how I'm getting old um, school systems and how they're awful and uh, then I talked about some movies and some music that I've been into lately or just some things that you maybe wouldn't have stumbled across had I not mentioned it but um, that's pretty much it so uh, yeah this is a short episode and I gave my, um, in this episode, I talked about how, uh, the reason why it, this, this episode came out a little later than, uh, I expected it to. And also I'm not editing this thing at all. I'm just throwing music on here and doing this intro and letting it ride so that I'll force myself to do a better job at these things and make them, uh, smoother. Anywho, enjoy your day, folks. I'm about to get out of here and head to a gig in North Myrtle Beach. Without further ado, here's episode number 13 of Merle's Inlet Stuff. Aloha. Hey guys, how's it going? How you living? You feeling good? Good. Good, good, good. We're getting through this one quick today. Um, don't have a lot of time. Just wanted to, uh, I promised that I would have a regular episode episode to release alongside the sports episode that I did the other day. And I had planned on recording <clears throat> this episode when I got back from trivia that night. But there, uh, there was a cancel at Drunken Jack's and I had to pick up a gig there. And, um, which pushed... When I would hypothetically record to Tuesday, which was yesterday, but I also had a gig last night, Tuesday, and uh, that wasn't on my calendar, so I, I haven't really had a free day to where I could pretty much plan out what I wanted to go over and talk about, but I got about 30 minutes before I have to start getting ready to leave to go to my next gig, which is a Boardwalk Billy's tonight. <clears throat> in the middle of a 10 gig run, hopefully the voice will hold out plenty of fluids. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, so at the gig that I picked up on Monday, the drunken Jack's gig, there was this guy sitting in this middle table in the middle table in the room. And he was just so obnoxious, loudly talking, uh, just very rudely about, all the people around him, like there was this lady that he kept making fun of because of making trips to the popcorn machine. And he was making fun of these people loud enough for me to hear him. <clears throat> and he initially, what, what initially made me start paying attention to him is, uh, I played a couple of, and, and by the way, for the record, when I play, uh, when I play gigs, depending on what room, depending on the room, I will change the the songs that I choose to fit the room. 
and the room was the, the, they were literally, I did a couple of interactive things like talk to the people or tried to, it wasn't a whole lot of interaction. They were sort of amongst themselves. So I was like, okay, well then I can save my voice and I can, you know, do, do certain things that won't, <clears throat> that won't stretch my pipes too far. And I won't be able, I won't, you know, lose my voice. So I chose to do a few songs that were easier on me vocally. And I heard the dude talk shit about the songs that I was choosing. He was talking shit about my song selection, which I take pride in. So that's what initially made me start paying attention to this dude. But then I realized that everybody at his table was just laughing with him. And he's just literally just making fun of everybody in the restaurant around him. Like, like he, he was, I don't know if he, he's trying to do stand up for his table or whatever. I mean, but it was just, he was just being really obnoxious and loud enough for me on the stage in the middle of songs to hear the things that he was saying about the people around him was just embarrassing for me. But, uh, yeah, either way, uh, if you, you do music, uh, you've, you've had these people and, uh, and I've had that happen several times, but uh, that was at the Drunken Jacks gig. Now, at the basement gig last night, something that I've never had happen before happened. And Scott Hyman, who runs uh, who runs sound for um, a lot of the big events that I've been a part of and that, that happened in the Myrtle Beach area, was part of that. And, uh, or he, he was there. He was standing. He was sitting right next to me. And I'm in the middle of a song, second second song into the into the gig, and this dude is like, man, this this is great. This guy's awesome. Talking to the guy at the bar about me, and I was very happy to hear that, especially after I just done a gig at Drunken Jacks when I heard a dude talk shit about the songs that I was choosing. So this guy gets a few dollar bills in his hand and. Um, I appreciated the tip. He walked up to me and in the middle of a song, put it in my hand. Mike, if you wonder how that can happen while I'm playing guitar, this may be boring for those who are not guitar players or do not understand. When I play a G chord, I rarely ever use my index finger. I always, I'm on the low E with my middle finger and my index finger just kind of floats for some reason. I don't know why I play the G like that, but I do. I just mute the A string with my uh, middle finger. So my index finger kind of points out a little bit. And he walked up and stuffed like three or four dollars into into that like into my in between my fingers that that was pointing out in the middle of a song. I've never had this happen before, dude. Just put money in my hand and. Like, I appreciated the tip. That was great. Man, I just, I finished the song that I was playing, and I, I laughed pretty, uh, I laughed a lot in the middle of that song. Got finished with it, and he was like, did I make it weird, man? Did I make this weird? And I'm like, yeah, I've never had that happen before, dude. But <clears throat> it's just funny. And I have a tip jar that hangs off of the end of my mic stand that's very obvious. But I digress. People. People are interesting. People are crazy. Otherwise, they were both pretty good gigs. Um, actually, got a, I, actually at the basement, I got to do a lot of really cool shit that I never get to do. Like I, I, I never get to play the kind of music that I listen to 
which is I really like early 2000s emo, like late 90s, early 2000s emo music, like Dash, Dashboard, uh, Death Cab, um, Taking Back Sunday, My Chemical Romance. We I did a lot of that last night, the, the 30 Seconds to Mars. I did a lot of emo stuff, a lot of heavier stuff that I never get to do. The bartenders were into it. And uh, usually that's what I do. I usually play for the bartenders because they're the ones that are going to be there the whole time. But it's a pretty good gig, all in all, both of them. So uh, that that realization, the, the waking up thinking that I have a day off and then realizing or waking up thinking that I have two days off and then realizing that I have gigs on both of those days means that the season is here. Uh, the summer is technically... Not here yet, calendar-wise, but it's definitely here gig-wise for me, which means that people are here, which means that people are driving, which means that I'm going to be having a lot of meltdowns in my car because people can't drive. And to describe these uh, said meltdowns, so I pride myself on my ability to drive and... It's one of my most, one of the things about myself that I am most proud of. I was on 31 the other day, which for those not familiar is a very fast three lane highway. And I was in the slow lane, far left lane, far right lane, rather. I don't know my right from my left. I never learned it. Uh, far right lane. And... There was a car on the side of the road, and if this dude would have opened up his door, uh, anybody driving in the slow lane would have no doubt taken that door off. So I had a string of cars behind me in the slow lane, mind you. So I get over to uh, I get over to give this dude on the side of the road who's doing God knows what room should he open his door. And instead of following suit, the cars behind me just sped past me. Like they're just waiting for me to get out of the way when I'm in the slow lane. And I, I don't know, that just pissed me off because I had cars beside me. This this old lady who had a handicap uh, thing in her window or windshield uh, sped past me. Like with uh, aggressively sped past me. And got like maybe two car lengths ahead of me and then slowed back down and and, and caught back up to my speed. Because I had my cruise control set. And so she's like blocking me to where I can't get back into the slow lane. And then all of the cars that were behind her start getting behind me and then into the other lane. And I get like a little borderline anxiety because... I realize that I'm doing the thing that I always bitch about, and that is riding in the middle lane slowly. But I couldn't do anything about it, and I couldn't help it because I'm being blocked when I can't get back in the lane I'm supposed to be in. And, and I know this is boring and, and, and uh, crazy, but it's just where my brain is right now, and I'm going to finish it. But I realize that there is a solution to all of these issues. Well, not all of these issues, but there's a solution for one of them. This lady who was driving 
was well into her 70s. Had to have been. If she was in her 70s, then she spent way too much time uh, in a tanning bed or whatever have you. But this lady had two two other people in the car with her who were very, very much younger than her who could have been doing these driving things. But I digress. I have an idea. Why don't we just... After somebody gets to be a certain age, like in their 60s, we just give them a driver's test every couple of years, and they have to they have to take tests to keep their license. I don't see that being a problem. I see that solving a lot of problems. Because you got to think, I had, I had a neighbor one time, Miss Fran, loved her to death. She was fantastic people. But she was 84 years old when I moved in here. And... She drove for two or three years after I moved in, like until one day she finally hit something and they took her life. Her daughter took her license away. Like, but I figured that the state should step in and do something at this point. Like in your sixties, you should have to take your driver's test, and according to how you do on that driver's test, should determine how long it should be before you have to take another one. I don't know. That's just a little thought I have. But one of these days I'm gonna have to take it. I don't care. Give me the test. If you think I can't drive and I don't need to drive, then I I, I feel for anybody who's going to try to tell me that I can't do something. But either way, I don't mind falling into that category. But shit, I'm getting old, man. I'm already getting old. I'm having to rub lidocaine cream all over my fucking shoulders and my neck. I think I have a pinched nerve where, where my guitar strap comes across my uh my shoulder and my neck right here surely uh it, it, i don't know maybe maybe it's something that could be solved with massage or some sort of i don't know it feels bone bone like pain maybe maybe it's chiropractor related that i need to see i'm just fighting going to the doctor because i'm just so terrified that something awful is going to be wrong and and i'm going to have to deal change all these things and i don't like to change things at all which which sucks i don't like to listen to what people tell me to do which inevitably would have would have solved my issues uh i would have just not slouched in my chair at school or (laughs) whatever have you wouldn't have all these back issues oh speaking of uh, okay speaking of school here here's here's an idea so the United States of America, according to my Google search the other day, is number 24 in the world in literacy, which is beyond me. Like, How are we number 24 in literacy? And then I realized I'm watching this video of this uh, uh, school system in Oklahoma and it's the school's just so dilapidated. It is just awful. There's leaks, like st- steady leaks coming through the ceiling in this place. Um, it's it's uh, I don't know. The ceiling ceilings are are falling in. The restrooms are look like they were built in the '60s or '70s and haven't been renovated since. And the person taking the video were just talking about how it just smelled like piss and 
it's, it's this thing in Oklahoma that they're doing where their teachers are taking videos of their schools and posting them so that uh, their state will do something about the funding that they're not getting, which is ridiculous that it's come to that. Why is it that the people can't, why is it that people have to, that these teachers have to take these matters into their own hands? Like that's not the way that should be. The school board should be on top of these things. They should be aware of what's going on in their schools and they should do everything in their, everything in their power to make this, to make these schools a safe environment for these kids to learn because that's, 100% the most important okay the uh, the argument could be made that a doctor is the most important profession but my theory on this is not every person is going to need a doctor now hear me out on this yes at some point in somebody's life, they're going to have to go see a doctor to for whatever reason. But 100% of the children in the country are going to encounter a teacher of some kind. Not 100% of the people are going to encounter a doctor, which, yes, I, okay, well, I assume that they will. But if you need a for for every one time you go to the doctor you've encountered a teacher how many more times so that's where my argument is that the that a, a teacher is maybe a bit more influential in a child's life than a doctor is and that's my argument for that so why is it that our teachers are making so little money and are having to take these matters of their school's well-being and uh, well, well-being might not be the word. Their school's uh, upkeep, basically, just uh, not being met. Why are they having to take this in their own hands? Like that's not their job. Their job is to make the is to teach the children. But I totally don't get how it gets to this point like how how is how does someone not notice how does the the uh the school board or the superintendent or whatever whatever that is how does that person not realize that there's an issue before all of all of these teachers start recording videos of this awful state of these schools so that they can have something done about it so I posted this on Facebook, shared this video, and a lot of people, uh, a lot of people shared it. A lot of comments. One of the comments was on uh, my buddy Jeff Thomas, who I've who I've shouted out several times on here. Uh, posted a video of South Carolina schools. It's like a little little short documentary of uh, how school. Lindsey Graham uh, was saying in this documentary that schools receive funding according to the property value in the community. And I, I, I guess for when, when you, for numbers sake, maybe that's, I, I don't know if that's the only way that they can make this happen or that's the only way that they 
can decide who deserves what money wise, but that's like a child walking into school that is just so dilapidated and so shitty. That's like walking in, uh, walking in Oh, and two count, you know, like you, you're, you're, you're walking in already two strikes down because one, you're walking into a terrible school and two, apparently this terrible school is terrible because the property value in your community is not, uh, that it does not meet that of others which means that your school doesn't deserve uh i i mean your school doesn't deserve to be i mean kept like the rest of the schools i don't know that that just it, that that was beyond me but that also opens the door for something that i advocate a lot which is uh marijuana laws and yes i'm a smoker and and a recreational smoker, and that doesn't change the fact that with the changing of marijuana laws in South Carolina would totally reverse this education this education system problem that we have. Being able to fund these schools and to make it like a child is actually going somewhere exciting and a place to learn instead of a, uh, instead of somewhere that looks like a prison or is just so awful and old that they're not interested. Like you're literally just removing chances of somebody excelling by not keeping up these, these schools the way they should be kept up. But I don't know. I hated school no matter what. And we had a pretty nice, we had a pretty nice school in Bennisville that I remember. I mean, as a kid, I, I thought it was, I thought it was, but maybe it wasn't. Who knows? But I just believe that there are a lot of people who can be teachers, doctors, scientists, uh, physicists, whatever, astrologists, all of these. All these things, but they're not getting the opportunity because the state doesn't believe that their 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 school system deserves the funding because the property value is lower in their area, and that's bullshit. But uh, before I get too freaked out and uh, go on another rant, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop that there. But uh, I'm gonna in the last episode. This was this was obviously going to be really short because I don't have a lot of time to record, but I wanted to get you guys some content out, as promised. Um, in the last regular episode that I did, and something I'm going to start doing in all of my regular episodes, um, excluding our, our sports talk stuff, I'm going to start giving you some music to listen to that you may not uh, hear on the radio and I'm going to amend that by also giving you uh, a little uh, review of things that I've watched and uh, things that I'm things that I'm uh, entertainment wise is something that I could talk for hours about. But I, I, I choose not to because these things would go from being 30 minutes to three hours. Um, but 
in addition to the music that I'm going to uh, turn you guys on to, also going to turn you guys on to some things that I'm watching and uh, that you might enjoy. So I like scary movies, personally. And um, there's a new scary movie on on a, a Netflix called Veronica that is has uh, Spanish subtitles or uh, English subtitles. It's, it's in, in Spanish. It was taking place in Madrid, if I'm not mistaken. And this movie is pretty fucking scary. It kind of reminded me of The Conjuring 2, the one with the uh, the British girls. It sort of reminded me of that in the sense that... Uh, in a sense that it was, it just, in, it involved a, a, a group of kids and something attaching itself to one of the kids and them fucking around with Ouija boards and shit, which I never did and never will. But uh, the thing that made this thing most scary was the fact that it's, in the, like the in Spanish and the word like I don't know that it sounds creepier and it forces you to watch it because you have to see the subtitles. But watch Veronica if you're into scary movies. Also, any uh, if you're into um, uh, like I like James Wan a lot. He's a guy who did a few of the Saw movies. He did all of the Conjuring. I don't know if he did all of the Conjuring's. I'm pretty sure he might have done all the Conjurings. Uh, I don't think he did all the Insidious movies. But anything in the Insidious series or Conjuring series is really good. The Annabelle, all the Annabelle movies are great. Um, But the new Insidious came out called The Last Key. Very good. I recommend you watch that if you're into the scary movies. Um, Check that shit out. And... uh, Gonna add some more of the uh, movie movie stuff and TV show stuff is uh, next episode coming. But uh, until then, music wise, what I've been listening to lately is uh, I, I've been listening to the Carolina Jubilee by the Avett Brothers a lot. Emotionalism is my favorite album by them, which I think I uh, talked about in in one of the last episodes. But. Carolina Jubilee is is sneaking in there to to a nice second place spot right ahead of I and Love and You. And I don't know uh I and Love and You is a great record, but man, Carolina Jubilee is just it's a throwback. I don't know. And 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 me me being able to uh to put myself where they were when they were recording these this album just kind of makes me appreciate it more. Uh but that Carolina Jubilee by the Avett Brothers, Death Cab for Cutie, Transatlanticism, my favorite album of all time, number one on my list, Death Cab for Cutie, Transatlanticism, check that album out. Another really good album that's come out in the last couple years, Father John Misty, I Love You Honey Bear. Father John Misty, uh, or Josh Tillman, was the drummer for a band named Fleet Foxes, who was also a very good band. But uh, Father John Misty went solo, and uh, I Love You Honey Bear is perfect from start to finish. It's a concept album, 
that, and I think it's a story that he tells backwards. Like, I think that the, I think the last song on the CD is the beginning of the story. And the first song is the end. So it's a concept that he tells backwards. Check that one out. Father John Misty, I love you, honey bear. Uh, Death Cab for Cutie, Transatlanticism, my favorite album of all time. And uh, the Avet Brothers, Carolina Jubilee. Watch Veronica, watch Insidious, The Last Key. I'm I'm rewatching The Office now, too. <laughs> um, oh, man, The Office is great, but it's just not Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is so much better than The Office. And I and just like on Facebook, I challenge someone to change my mind. Uh, Parks and Rec is better. Parks and Rec was good from seasons one all the way through seven. The Office had a couple of hit and miss, hit or miss seasons. Like every episode of Parks and Rec is fantastic. Not every episode of The Office is fantastic. Of course, there's funny things that happen in every episode, but it's not just great. But anyway. I'm going to uh, get out of here. It is five minutes after five o'clock. I have to play in North Myrtle Beach at seven, which means that I need to leave here in probably about a half hour. So that'll give me enough time to, I'm going to, I'm just going to do an intro and throw some music on here. I'm not going to edit this one at all. I'm trying to move away from editing so much. It might make for a, a not so fun listening experience on these last couple episodes, but hopefully that's going to force me to maybe sharpen up my uh, talking skills and not so many ums and uhs. But ums and uhs are what bring us together, right? Uh... <laughs> All right. I'm getting out of here, guys. Enjoy your days. I uh, hope you're stoked as I am that the weather's turning. And I hope the pollen isn't being too brutal to you. It's actually been okay for me so far. I think I, I think I've survived the worst of it. But um, either way, spring is here. Spring is upon us. Swallow my own in sorrow. Fleet foxes, ragged wood. Check that song out. All right, guys, I'm getting out of here. I'm gonna head to North Myrtle Beach Boardwalk Billy's tonight. Uh, 7 to 10 that is Wednesday night Thursday night tomorrow is going to be the Barking Dogs Tavern which as I understand it is the old Shell Crackers um, in, in Merle's Inlet behind T-Bones or what is now the Broken Spur Saloon maybe um that's, uh, we'll be there tomorrow night from 8, 30, 8 to 11.30, I think, with uh, me and Smitty and Ed. And uh, we're going, me and Smitty are doing a duo at Oceanfront Bar and Grill on Friday, which will be 8 to 11. And then I think all of us cornbread is going to be doing Neil and Pam's in Surfside on Saturday and that will be from 8 to 12 and then I get a day off hey alright folks enjoy your day enjoy your evening enjoy yourselves don't be a shitty driver